You're listening to the sultry sounds of G.I. Joburg, episode 83, as in 1983. Join us as we cover some of the most awesome stuff in the world ever. No, not really. We like to focus on G.I. Joe. Tonight, I'm joined by the sexy sounds of... Steven from Dan Under. And... Robert from Cape Town, South Africa. And can I hear it for... Cujo in Long Beach, California. On his special missions, as always. And your host tonight will be me, Paul. And without further ado, let's kick it off, gentlemen. How's everybody, guys? Getting excited because it's the Triple T. We're not talking about a tag team Terminator. We're talking about triple time zones. Yeah. I'm coming at you from... But uh, the Joburg boys coming at you from Africa, and of course, uh, North America's in the house, so this is a triple time zone podcast. Uh, a first for G.I. Yeah, I felt like there was one time when you were in Hong Kong or something, didn't we record? But I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, but so we I think have Kujo in the mix, so this is the first time the actual members of G.I. Joburg are spread across the world. Very exciting. Back to the triangle, if you will. <laughs> oh, I should have known better, of course. Uh, I think it would probably be a scalene triangle, if you might remember. Yes, de facto, indeed. And let's not forget about one of, the, uh, one of the coolest things about episode 83. I'm 1983 born, and uh, today just happens to be a really cool red letter day for Paul. <laughs> it appears. Tell us more about that, Paul. Okay, well... Let me start off with something funny. Years ago, I met a very cool girl who um, I was in a relationship with for the past eight years. But Ooh. in that relationship, like any relationship, you have ups and downs. And we had a bit of a serious down. And we had a small split for about, I think it was about three months or so. And the day that we got back together was actually this day in 2011. Okay, we had that funny moment. And it was at an Armin van Buren concert because what had, what had happened is we had actually bought that ticket and then shit went down and we didn't know what to do. And then eventually we decided, okay, we'd run into each other with that ticket. And then her and I got back together and it was cool. And, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, spoiler alert. I'm single now. Michelle left me. Cow. Anyway, on other news uh, today. No, man. No, I want to. No. It's a red letter day because like other cool stuff also happened to me today as well. Bearing in mind that Armin van Buren is one of my favorite DJs, so going to a big dance party like that was also a pretty spectacular thing. Today, I got some GI Joes delivered. I got a general flag mint in box for very cheap on a local um, sort of eBay style website, which is cool. And I also got muskrat, which I also got for very, very cheap. So that was quite a nice score. So it's always great to have, you know, new toys. General Flag came in a box. Well, he's mint on card. <laughs> Smart ass. Yeah, dude. If I don't point it out, someone out there will. <laughs> no, and good on you for doing it, man. I mean, we, we need. I mean, you know, it needs to be there because I'm sure a listener out there is going, "Huh? Yeah, you tell him, Steve." Um, and I don't want to reveal this right now because there are two very, very cool things that are happening. 
on top of another very cool thing that's happening for G.I. Joe Berg. But I just got some fantastic news today, in, and it comes in a pretty big form. A listener reached out to me today and uh, offered something my way, and I'm very, very happy, and I'm going to be taking it. But I don't want to reveal what that is because drama. What's new? What did you guys get? What's new in your Joe lives? What new Joe-shaped toys have you got? <sighs> no Joes, but certainly Joe-shaped toys. <laughs> uh, I, very early on in my stay here, raided every possible toy avenue. I'm talking Kmart. They've got a store here called Big W, which is the equivalent Gotta of Walmart. Uh, yeah, big time. Um, they've got Toys R Us, and they've got a sort of Australian-based massive toy shop called Toy World. And in Toy World, I found a lot of Power Team Elite stuff. Uh, I found that that cool, like, hut um, HQ, that sort of base. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. It looks like the Pit 3. Oh, that thing is there's, sexy. There's three huts. Well, this is like one of those huts. Uh, going for the princely sum of 130 Oz dollars, which is about 100 US. And I thought that's a bit steep for what is essentially like a background diorama piece. So I held off on that. But I did cave <laughs> because I'm a jet kind of guy and bought a Sukhoi flanker, which is a Russian jet, for those of you who don't know, the SU-27. Beautiful plane and Power Team Elite do a fantastic job. It's not got any bells and whistles. It's just clean Nicely designed, nicely proportioned, good canopy, nice wheels. Uh, the landing gear, landing gear deploys quite securely. Uh, it comes with missiles that use a rail system, so they're a lot more like the real thing. But it's still obviously a toy, uh, and it's quite lightweight and, and, and pre-assembled. It's beautiful. On top of that, I got the Douglas Fairchild A10 uh, Warthog or Thunderbolt 2, whichever appellation you prefer. It's the big green hog wrapped around that enormous 30mm Avenger cannon, which I saw a picture and I had to share it on the Facebook group. They parked a, uh, a Volkswagen Beetle next to this gun. <laughs> it's like the gun dwarfs the car. The gun plus its ammo drum is like enormous. Just huge. Anyway, it's inside this plane. The toy is very satisfying. Once again, proportions are dead on. The scaling is obviously slightly shrunk down. It's the same as a Sky Striker would be. So we're looking at jets that are more like at a 1 to 24 scale, but the cockpit obviously fits G.I. Joe scale figures. And they fit them handsomely, and it's beautiful, and I have very little buyer's remorse. But, you know, I have been seeing other cool things here, more cost-effective things. I bought two three-packs of core figures, which both include the new core female body sculpt. The one Yay. is called Snakebite. She's a good guy with red hair, but she's got it shaved on the side, which looks very Dreadnought-esque. So she's kind of a hip good guy. I'd like to think she's more of a reimagined cover girl. Like, if CoverGirl was really a ramp model nowadays, she'd probably have Domino some funky, funky punk uh, hairdo, you know, looking all edgy and avant-garde. And there's a bad guy called Puma, 
and she has the most immaculate face sculpt for essentially a cheapy figure line the core are doing some pretty snappy decos and the face i mean it puts a uh, 50th anniversary baroness and uh, lady j to shame not that that takes oh, much oh, yeah. those figures were embarrassingly sloppily presented um but yeah she, her face sculpt is sharp beautiful it's a good female head on a good female body Okay, no double knees, no ankle articulation or wrist articulation. I really miss wrist articulation. It makes handling guns easier. But uh, she's a good figure. On that note, though, how do you think a name like Snakebite got past the marketing company for a woman? I just, I'm just, that concerns me. Like, a female character called Snakebite. I'm worried. <laughs> I actually thought with a name like that, I thought you'd be a bad guy. Somebody hey, sleep at the wheel or something. Gotta be. I mean, I think, like, I'm happy that her name is Snakebite, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I just, I'm just surprised it got through. Well, I was surprised to see Snake Eyes cast as a villain in many of the international uh, figures, but we're not quite there yet. I am super jealous of Steve's purchases, I'm just going to say. That A10 is sick. The photos it are is, sick. If you... It is indeed, man. It's a beautiful plan, and it's the best presentation of the actual A10. The Rattler is its own thing. I'm never going to expect it to be an A10. It is Cobra's sort of psychedelic reversion of an A10 uh, that can now take off vertically. But Chap May did an A10 some years back, and I bought that. And it's stumpy, and it's got like a gun ring as well. So it, it took on the worst characteristic of the Rattler. <laughs> <laughs> Except it doesn't have any kind of canopy glass over the gun ring, so essentially the gunner is like it's like a World War One bomber. He's like exposed to the elements, <laughs> uh, so that that didn't work out so well for me. And it doesn't see much play. And it's actually I wish I wish I didn't own it now because now I have a kick-ass A10. Um, similarly, True Heroes did an A10, but that's basically like uh, I don't know. It's got a gun handle and like a pop-up um, target reticle. Yeah, it's gimmicky and also like really stumpy. But Cujo, I'm, uh, I've sent you some pictures of my core females, my core femmes. It, looking at Snakebite, I'm assuming that is, is that the first sculpted cleavage we've seen? And have you run your finger over that? <laughs> Puma's the bad girl with the exposed cleavage. Uh, Snakebite actually very tastefully they've given her an undershirt so go Lenard I'm suitably impressed but uh, have I run my finger over the cleavage um, dude that's old news like Lady J was my first love <laughs> I had my hands all over that figure um, I'm not the only one with the core love uh, I have been hitting up Strident's YouTube channel that's run by our pal Iwat D'Souza um, and he has some videos really praising Lenard's recent efforts with the Beast Bomber and the Rainfire Helicopter and he's also put out like a 25 minute video just discussing the call which I look forward to digesting very soon uh, because there will be a lot of praise in there and a lot of like Hasbro, why can't you get it right like these guys? They're coming in at a very low price, 
but their quality is consistent and it's good and it's fun. I was going to say, and, and oh, sorry, that was Gamble. I gamble. gamble again. Um, another another uh, Joe fan who runs like a blog, Rob Buzan of uh, Joe a Day. He also uh, lords the um, call line and and is often uh, posting pictures or uh, often does posts, uh, you know, so, uh, surrounding or around or about call vehicles. And uh, he has access uh, to the Lennard warehouse because uh, I think it's in the same state as where he lives. And they often do these warehouse uh, clearance sales. And he often does these posts where, you know, him and his kid enjoy them together. And, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen stuff there I wish we would have on our toy shelves here. Yeah, to echo what Steve has said, there are some great core vehicles. I almost walked away with a Rainfire helicopter, especially after seeing Strident's review where he praises the thing. It's, it's, it's very nice. And it's got the red canopy glass which was a very smart move on Lenard's part for us Joe fans out there, us surviving Joe fans, because red canopy glass is a hallmark of Cobra. So if you slap some Cobra decals on this helicopter, it fulfills a very big hole in the Cobra legions. That's a solid, very Cobra-looking, very futuristic transport helicopter, and it is very adequate for that purpose. It's got like a cool like hold rail in the middle. It's got a little bit of seating on the inside. It's got one door for troop deployment, one door for a, a door gunner. It's very well thought through. The cockpit seats too, and they both have instruments. Well, I, I mean, they both have a um, cyclic stick. So impressive indeed. Of course, it's got the mandatory handle with uh, sound and light. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, ignore that if you can. Take from that what you will. Anyone else got any new stuff? No, I don't have anything new. I think I'm saving up. <laughs> you're good. saving up. Like, you're going to unleash it. <laughs> Cujo, anything uh, G.I. Joe-shaped in, in your life? Well, it's fortuitous that Stephen brought up Strident. I think he and I are kind of cooking up some kind of YouTube thing. Uh, I guess stay tuned on that one. That'll be Joe-related, obviously. Aside from that, I'm probably going to roll heavy on the uh, definitive, so I'll step lightly here. I, sorry, and I have been sitting on this. Steve's finds are super awesome, um, and just it's funny. Like I, I, I've listened to past episodes, and it's cool when uh, I've always found some of my best acquisitions also happen with some of the best acquisitions that Steve gets, and it's it's not it's actually normally coincidence, but it just happens. It just so happens he's overseas and he's in a new toy environment and uh i as many of our listeners should know already i picked up my vintage collection so i snagged five really cool gi joes um that arrived uh, recently and i'll start with them okay so a bit of an odd, an odd one is uh psych out uh you know psych out is an oddball character um but kind of a very necessary part of the G.I. Joe team. I don't want to get into that too much. But I finally have Psychart. So I got a Psychart. He's complete. He's in really great condition. I've got a Scoop. I have never owned a Scoop. Uh, Rob, awesome. I was about to say, Rob loves um, Scoop. And I actually now know why. I have my own Scoop. And he is a fantastic toy. Uh, I think if, if you don't have Scoop as a, as a fan, or if you've always looked at it and gone, oh, it's a, it's a hokey camera guy, do yourselves a favor 
get a scoop toy. He is great. Uh, there are so many little things, uh, so many little details. I mean, I'm sure you can listen to old episodes uh, if you want to. And, you know, you'll hear Rob talk about scoop and even Steven some uh, points talks about scoop. But that toy is is really he's the business. He's great. Uh, I One of my favorite features, and it's something that I figured out by looking on 3D Joe's because I wanted to read all the file cards and things. And I often jump between 3D Joe's and Yojo.com. One of the features, I didn't realize this was a thing, but you can connect his camera to his backpack. There's a little port on the camera. I mean, a little port on the backpack, and there's a little peg on the camera. And it's quite subtle, but it pops in. It looks nice. I don't know if it's designed that way, but it works really well. Uh, so definitely something worth checking out uh, if you haven't gotten yet. Uh, of course, it wouldn't be a Paul acquisition if it didn't have any Tiger Force involved. I got. I've, I'm now the proud owner of a Tiger Force Duke which uh, is great. He, he, he fulfills two needs. The, the one need is, yes, I need, I need him. He's Tiger Force Duke. And the second thing is, is that G.I. Joburg uh, feels that the... G.I. Joburg feels that... Sorry, uh, hold on. Pardon, Gamble. Okay. Part of the team, bro. You got to let Gamble have his say. He's your animal companion, dude. You got to roll with it. Yeah, totally. He doesn't like tigers. Sorry. No, clearly. <laughs> so G.I. Joe book team sort of feels that, well, feels that the, the Duke used in the Taxan video game is actually Tiger Force Duke because the color deco of his sprite matches Tiger Force Duke more closely than 83 Duke. Or was it? Yeah, 84 Duke, sorry. So there's, there's Tiger Force Duke and Tiger Force Frostbite. Yeah, I got somebody to, to drive my, um, my I, I nearly called it the Tiger Sting. Am I that bad? Wow, my tiger cat. I've got somebody to drive my tiger cat. I'm super happy. And the last one is my snake eyes. And when I say my snake eyes, this is a snake eyes I owned as a kid. This was my first snake eyes. Is 19, and I know I'm going to say this wrong, but it's 1989 snake eyes with the with the three-piece nunchuck or the three-piece staff. I have so scarred the fellow members of this podcast into believing that they can never get it right. Well, Paul, buddy, sometimes you do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I do not understand why I have not purchased this figure before. Like, this is the Snake Eyes I grew up with. This is the Snake Eyes that made me like Snake Eyes before I even met David, before I even knew about 85 Snake Eyes. And and getting the toy back in my hand really brought back a lot of childhood memories. A lot of nostalgia came rushing right back at me. Um, I even remember when this boy Enrico managed to pull, uh, uh, you know, pull him into two half snake eyes. And ever since then, you know, I've lost all the parts and everything of that snake eyes. But having him back in hand just makes me remember how much I missed this toy and and actually how stunning a figure it is. And he's definitely risen up in, in, in the ranks of my G.I. Joe love. And then today's acquisitions, as of recording, I received a general flag, as I mentioned earlier, uh, mint on card, and I got a muskrat, which I'm also very happy about. Not because he's a character I have any particular fondness for. Um, he's just always piqued my interest in, in some small way because of his backpack sort of um, sort of board, skimming board thing. I used to have a lot of fun with the Snow Serpent version 2, which has oh, a is snowboard. Is that the reason you like him? Oh. Oh, 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 oh. 
<laughs> fucking boogie board. Oh, jeez. It's not even. It's well, like well, a, something that learn to has swim. in common with them. Now he has a, a boogie board, and so does Muskrat. So they can go out together in the ocean. Yay! But <laughs> no, but I, I I just remember seeing Muskrat, and and he's just one of those characters that just he's very army looking, you know, but also at the same time not. Um, and having read his file card, I'm like, okay, he's a pretty interesting character. But Paul, why did you buy him? Um, simple story. He was on a bidding site. I saw him for quite cheap. He was complete. He didn't have a broken crotch. He didn't have missing thumbs. I needed him for my collection. I figured, let me throw caution to the wind, see if I can get my hands on it. And I did. I got him, and I got him for very, very cheap, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, same goes with the general flag. Uh, I won those auctions. I didn't think I would. And I have them. General flag is, however, one of the 1993 G.I. Joes that I do actually want. Uh, because he's a great toy, actually, and he's well de- he's a well-designed Joe. And as many of you may know, and that's our listeners, there seems to be a, th- a thought or this uh, idea going around that perhaps General Flag was meant to be the next iteration of, of Hawk, uh, more so than the Hawk that we got um, in the Talking Battle Commanders. So that's up to you to debate for yourselves, but... Um, I got flag, and we're going to do something special with him when I get go down to Cape Town to go and hang out with Rob and Steve. So stay tuned for that. And then other than that, there are two more things, but I'll mention them when I have them in my hands because I don't want to speak too soon. And, yeah, so that's me for G.I. Joe stuff, which is cool. This has been a bumper month for me G.I. Joe-wise. Um, I, never, I don't normally get this many G.I. Joes in a month. Well, actually, that's a lie. I haven't gotten this many G.I. Joes in one month in a very long time. So, yay. It's a good time. It's a very it's a good, good time. time. Which brings us to... Da, 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 would somebody like to read something from the mailbox? I've got one or two pictures that were sent to me by a fan. There's some heavy snowfall in uh, New York where he stays. I think it's New York. And uh, he sent me a whole bunch of cool uh, photos of his uh, snow serpents and vipers in the snow which I'd love to post on our Facebook group, so check that out. I just want to get permission from him first. <laughs> no love for Twitter? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can send him to you, Cooch. I can totally send him. Sorry, man. When I say that, I, I do by extension mean Twitter. Sorry, I'll also send some up to Cujo to put up on Twitter. Thanks, brother. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Okay, well, let's go into our definitive international sculpt. Basically, Ooh. we want to talk about our favorite interpretation of G.I. Joe by foreign toy manufacturers. You're looking at stuff like Cobra Mortal and Marujo and that kind of thing, or even the European Tiger Force. So let's have at it, boys. Okay, so I went through, I went onto yojo.com, which is basically my definitive um, G.I. Joe source of information. I mean, I've started going with 3D Joes, and they are really good, but like Yojo is. That's probably one of the first sites I think I ever went onto when I got the internet. I mean, okay, so international figures. Um, I'm probably going to mention two or three, um, as Paul suggested I should do. Um, the first one I'm going to mention, um, because probably the most prolific or well-known international producer of Giorgio knockoffs or um, licensed toys, I suppose, is India and um, Play School, I think. Yep. Fun School. Fun School. Fun School. <laughs> That's what you well, said. You said fun school. <laughs> um, and probably my my top favorite one from them actually is a pretty decent figure. His name is Street Hawk, um, oh, and yeah. he's a 
a repainting of Target. <laughs> and the version 3 of him comes with a kick-ass bike, which, as far as I can tell, I think it's a core bike. I think it's a I Ram. Think. It's a Ram without the sidecar. Oh, oh, there. Okay, I see that now. And... Like, a black and silver target is pretty freaking awesome. Um, Especially with one of the... uh, Sergeant Slaughter's body, I think, Oof. or Muskrat's body. No, 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 it's 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 basically, it's, the whole figure is target, but painted black and silver. It's the version 3 of um, Street Hawk. Oh, Damn. shit, there we go, yeah, sorry. Rob, did you ever watch Street Hawk? That's kind of what precluded me from going the same way. Like, I never saw the show. I saw images of, like, you know, a guy dressed in black leathers with a silver face mask. But, yeah, man, I, I have no recollections of the show, so, I, like, no resonance for me. I... Was that the show with Michael Douglas? Sorry, Rob. No, there was the... No, the, the movie, there's a movie with Michael Douglas um, ah. by Ridley ah, Scott okay. where he rides a bike, but that doesn't ah. have anything to do with this. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually, okay. I, I didn't even know it was a show. <laughs> I just okay. look. <laughs> well, but you trust, are reminding me that there was a TV show. Trust the Indians to have the audacity to flaunt a license like that. I doubt they had anyone's permission to produce Street Hawk, and I'm pretty sure it was doing reruns in India around about that time, probably a decade after the show had like been canned. So no one was left to sue the Indians, even if they could get some kind of international lawsuit to sue them by. Or maybe the producers were still around. Maybe they, they hadn't, the production company hadn't folded. But um, it, it's, as I say, it's audacious to have a licensed property and clearly no license. I mean, I doubt Street Hawk was under, uh, used under permission. Well, it's interesting mm. that you that you mentioned the Indians using um, licenses not under permission, because that brings me to another um, interesting character from Fun School, and oh that God, is superhero. simply called Superhero. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he has the face of Flash, and I, I think the upper torso of Xandar, and um, other pieces from Torpedo. Basically, it's, it's Superman. It's all, it's all Torpedo except for the crush. Oh, interesting. Which means that um, Superman has a sculpted knife. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What's more lethal than Superman? Superman with a knife. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's weird. Um, because then on the back of the packaging, they don't, re- they just go into their normal rhetoric of, you know, like who G.I. Joe is. The favorite modern army action figure for boys. Um, and it's like, okay. It's okay. written. It's it's overwritten, actually. It's so yeah, earnestly written, which is once again, and and I, I'm going to sound like I'm generalizing, but like I have worked in a dubbing studio where we've worked with a lot of Indian soap opera. <laughs> Whoa, and they do speak hmm? very earnestly and very, you know, nothing left to the imagination. Like I feel like I should actually read an excerpt from this file card in question if you guys will indulge me <laughs> yeah for sure fire away do it in an australian accent <laughs> no i don't think i have the stamina <laughs> to keep an australian accent up because this is quite a meaty bit of text but i'll try and fly through it 
Superhero is released as a special collector's item. Superhero is made from Fun School, the company which make an exciting range of G.I. Joe figures, accessories, weapons, and vehicles. G.I. Joe is the favorite modern army action figure for boys. G.I. Joe figures are very realistic, fully posable, and can make lifelike poses. All G.I. Joe fighting figures feature the swivel arm battle grip, equipped with authentically detailed weapons. Okay, you get the picture. But my favorite is the last paragraph, which says... Collect the G.I. Joe range and bring adventure into your little general's life. (laughs) (laughs) Watch him enact interesting battle scenes and lead his good side to victory. What if you happen to (laughs) like the bad guys? (laughs) There's always a kind of an overt moralizing placed on on Indians. I, I don't know. I just come from an, an ilk of soap operas where... It's basically always about the matriarch, kind of a good traditional Indian woman wearing a sari, basically reining in her wild children, her husband who has a wandering eye and, you know, dabbles with with, uh, the the girl at the office. Like, it's always the matriarch saving the day and, like, reinstating the traditional values of India because you're playing to your audience. Who are the people sitting at home watching daytime TV? The women, of course. Anyway, what am I saying? It's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's conservative. It's interesting you mentioned the, the girl at the office because one of my other um, favorites is a figure from Argentina called Sparta. Um, oh. And she's a, a repaint of CoverGirl. What, what drew me to her is the fact that she has, uh, mm, she has a lot of lipstick on. And she <laughs> looks like she's smiling, like really big. And I just found that really... <laughs> It's creepy. Anyway, maybe that's not another like favorite. A fucking golden girl. <laughs> that's not really a favorite. It's a, it's a special mention. But well, let me let me pile on that special mention. First of all, <laughs> secreta is a very sexy word, guys. You can't dismiss that. And also, the file card art is actually quite inviting. It, you, you can't tell what she's thinking, and I like that. Oh wow! <laughs> Sorry. But that's the cool thing, though, that a lot of the countries redesigned the packaging. Um, I mean, some countries obviously just did the logo slightly differently, but a lot of the other countries completely drew their own art for their, for their, you know. I like that cleaner design. I don't. I mean, they don't have to make the cut, but I do like the the packaging. Hmm. But okay, let me let me um, mention one more um, um, special mention, and I'll go to my favorite one. Um, another special mention is Brazil's scoop, and he was called Scoop. <laughs> what I like about him is that his accessories. He's no longer a cameraman. He comes with a um, I think one of those those sound attack um, backpacks, the giant yeah, backpack. He's a noise pollution specialist. <laughs> he still comes with his helmet and his little mic, but then he comes with three laser pistols or laser rifles <laughs> from other characters. And Not just like, any three laser rifles. <laughs> no ways. Are those Battle Force 2000? They are Battle Force, oh, yeah. Battle Force 2000 rifles right there. Oh my god. Oh, and he's that's... got the best one. He's got DJ's gun. I love you, Paul. Hey, there it is. That one's for you, Dan. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, so again, I'm taking a long way here, but anyway, my favorite one um, is is also from Argentina, um, and he's also one of the first ones that I saw. 
he stands out to me because he looks very robotic. He looks maybe robotic or cyborg um, and just really fired my imagination. And that would be Argentina's Cobra Mortal, um, which is a repaint of Snake Eyes. Um, He's silver and he's red and he has one black boot. More than just a man. He's got a secret. (laughs) He's probably the six six million peso man. I don't know what's the currency in made in Japan. He's got a secret. This is just the most audacious like reimagining or reinterpretation of Jojo that I found. Um, there were some other interesting ones like um, Cobra de Aso, a Brazil figure, um, otherwise known as Steel Cobra. Cobra the asshole. <laughs> The <laughs> Argentina produced probably the most testosterone, the most manliest man you could ever find, called Manly. Um, <laughs> it's a repaint of Stalker. <laughs> manly. <laughs> manly. Who's he? He's Manly. <laughs> I would love to have that figure just to introduce him to the team. Like, all right, Joe's. This is our Argentinian, Argentinian special forces trooper, codename Manly. <laughs> Hello, everybody. No offense to I'm any so Argentinian to listeners, but it's a fantastic name. It's it's funny. It's it's just funny. Um. Anyway, I th- I think I've I've taken up enough time. Paul, tell me about your favorite figures. Well, for starters, I mean, if anybody listening is keen on owning a Street Hawk version 3, you can go into eBay right now and be blown away by G.I. Joe Hawk, the man, the machine, Street Hawk, for $129.99. You can what? also have your very own Street Hawk from Fun School. So, Holy nice cheap figure that. Mm. That is insane. It is insane. Apparently, for the bike repaint. is motorized. What? Yeah, for a repaint for fun school, but this is version two. Hey, this is not. This is the one with um with the bullet with the bandolier across his chest. Mm, the spearhead version, slaughter version. Yeah, oh, the spear. I think it's more spearhead. I think. <laughs> it I think spearhead. looking at it better now. Yeah, it's spearhead definitely. That bike is cool though. I'm not gonna lie. Anyway, I'm going to be very predictable. I'm sorry. Although I find a lot of the Argentinian and Brazilian re-releases to be quite fascinating in their own right, and in some cases amusing, they are actually very rare and collectible figures, and I didn't actually know they existed until a little figurine popped itself up on the subscription service. There is a toy that came out, and I happen to love the shit out of this toy. It's what I affectionately call Tiger Force Shipwreck. Okay, he is known as Marujo, and he is a sailor. Um, that means sailor, apparently, allegedly. But I didn't know that this character existed, and Steven sort of went like, oh, yeah, it's an Argentinian re- release or whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. So I Googled this. Is and I was like, holy shit, there's like a whole... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Educate the great unwashed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, you how I imagine you in my head. It's like, <laughs> you filthy Joe-collecting peasant. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was fascinated. I was like, holy shit, this toy exists. And it got me looking into the stuff. And then, I don't know why I forgot about it, but European Tiger Force. I can't, I don't know why, it's just like, it just like left my brain. 
So most of my stuff is going to come from the European Tiger Force line. So let's start off with my favorite, my third favorite international figure ever has got to be, I, and you guys are going to laugh, but I love European Blizzard and his yellow snow getup designed to like ski in the desert. Banana Man. Pardon me? Banana Man. Banana Man. <laughs> Do you remember Banana Man? Yeah, I remember Banana Man. That Paul. Oh dear. Paul. <sighs> you had to make him remember Banana Man. Oh dear. It was Banana Man that slayed him. That was he... the beginning of the end, really. Well, there is no res- <laughs> there's no real resemblance that Blizzard has to Banana Man, but uh, the name fits. <laughs> Since he's all yellow. Which is appropriate for the tiger horse. With a sexy little tiger stripe in the middle, doesn't he? I've never had one in my hand, but that's a nice um, touch. Looks like a Fred Flintstone tie or something. <laughs> that is that is a nice touch. Kujo, your wit, as always, is um, on form. There we go. I'm back. How did Fred, you see that, Paul? Fred Flintstone tie, indeed. <laughs> You're number two, Paul. Okay, so that was Blizzard. Okay, done. Uh, the next one has got to be Tiger Force Outback. Uh, you've heard me say it about, uh, a million times before. Tiger Force Outback is, to me, the coolest representation of Outback. It's uh, it's why um, I had a custom made of him, because I could actually get him the way I wanted him to be, and he's amazing. Sans tiger motif on his shirt, but it's cool. My one has, has his shirt ripped off and you know used to bandage inj- injuries, so... That's totally cool. Good on you, Jim. Um, Tiger Force Outback also is also the only crazy. version of Outback that I'm ever going to want to acquire. So I'm going to put it out there. Anybody listening who has a beat-up Tiger Force Outback, I'm saying I don't mind if the print on his shirt is scuffed. Uh, I do mind that his crotch is intact. I don't mind if he has no accessories. But just that figure, man. If it's lying around, you don't know what to do with it, and you've already got a mint one, well, we could do a deal. <laughs> Just putting it out there. No, he he's, he's very cool. And, uh, I mean, like, I'm on a bit of a European Tiger Force crusade at the moment as well. Although it's not on the top of my list, they're kind of like, okay, cool, if I'm lucky enough to stumble on them, I'll grab them. But at close to $100 a shot, uh, they're a little bit out of my price range, I'm not going to lie. Well, that's the difference between you and I. I do not want mint specimens. I want played with, beat up specimens, specimens that someone actually enjoyed using. I want those toys. So, Paul and I are not actually in competition. <laughs> no, no, I hear you. But fair, uh, fair enough. But I have seen samples out back. Okay, not complete. Okay, maybe maybe he has his backpack, and maybe he has his bandolier. And the tiger motif is scratched off and his crotch is broken for $80. Okay. I don't think that these figures are that rare. Okay. I'm just putting that out there. Okay. The other day, I had a conversation with somebody. Okay. Who's got Tiger Force Psychots, a case full of Tiger Force Psychots. And he's just sitting with them. Okay. And, and he's offered me pricing and whatever. But to me, it's very difficult to buy a carded European Tiger Force exclusive and then pop it open. It's a very difficult thing for me to do. So I don't think they're that rare. Okay. Uh, I just want to put that out there. Okay. Can I combo that for a second? Yeah, combo. Combo, combo, combo breaker. Uh, dude, I, I freaking killer instinct. You're on fire right now, dude. 
No, I, I like the uh, the Outback card art on this because you don't you don't get often the terrain you don't get invited into a card like that it's cool to see a mountain mm. in the background yeah they definitely try to tell you he's in the outback <laughs> in the outback mate yeah that one oh, dude the stereotypes are all true australians say mate a lot and there's even a tv channel called mate <laughs> oh wow do they say doggo a lot oh they say a lot hey, of strange things like arvo maccas don't don't get in the water. The the shockers like, okay, my accent's falling to pieces. But and w- watermelon? Uh-huh. I haven't, haven't heard them say watermelon. watermelon. Okay. Uh. <clears throat> oh dear. But Apparently yeah, my that's favorite. Quite funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite international figure has got to be this damn Marujo. Okay, this. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, we're back at the beginning. <laughs> We've come full circle. I'm back. I have come full circle. <laughs> the circle is now complete. But I really dig him. He's actually quite a tasteful figure. Okay, he's got a loud yellow shirt with tiger stripes on it. He's got his black pants. He looks a little more civilized. He's, he hasn't got a parrot. He's got a bazooka and a machine gun. Okay, I'm not sure if this guy is a gun runner, a drug dealer, or a special forces sailor. But if you see somebody in a Sailor outfit and that yellow shirt coming right at you, you know shit's going to go down. Okay, and I really like it. I think I like it the most because it's very unexpected. And it just, it's, it's what introduced me to the international figures. And when I think international G.I. Joes, I always think of Marujo first for some reason. Not that I should because I've been introduced to European exclusives while I was younger. But anyway, this is where my brain goes. I would just like to mention something though quickly before i pass the torch on okay have you guys checked out fun schools stalker the red one okay he's called he's just ranger stalker he's red wow so it's stalker done up in red but he looks like super mario he's white (laughs) (laughs) well he's He's white he's probably indian i mean like yeah sorry not to to generalize but it's just so weird to see him white. It's just bizarre. <laughs> I can just imagine putting him in my G.I. Joe team and Stalker going, a what now? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because, <laughs> what the hell? And then, uh, there was one other, uh, there was one other thing um, worth, <laughs> something I have to mention. The card art on some of these international packages are amazeballs. Like, when I say amazeballs, I don't necessarily always mean, like, good, but memorable, certainly. Kangol. Mm-hmm. Go and check out Kangol, okay? It is basically Big Boa and this kangaroo, and it's pretty fucking, like, it's not friendly. Peter would be on this shit in two seconds if they knew it existed, because it looks like he's about to give that kangaroo one hell of a punch, man. <laughs> 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 Clearly, Big Boa does not like Australia at all. <laughs> He's a kangaroo punching motherfucker. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> like, and they've even redrawn him. He's all like, "Yeah, I'm gonna give you a bitch slap." <laughs> but anyway, apparently he's an animal trainer, right? Yeah, he's an animal trainer. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> Just gonna leave it at that before I say something very dirty. But yeah, he even comes with a kangaroo. And I just had to leave with that because that that is just mind-blowing. 
I'd love to say the figure is cool, but there's nothing that makes it significantly different. From, Except from it its, comes uh, with a kangaroo, and I think you might have stolen <laughs> Cujo's thunder, man, because he's all about the animal companions. But that is a pretty unique companion. That's a good transition to uh, probably my, my short list. Um, I'd say, go for it. I do like Kangor, Forsa, Farah. That's that's a nice kind of uh, term there. Uh, I, I kind of like the big bow with the darker helmet. It does give me a different feel to the character. But he didn't make the cut. By the way, the Force of Farah, they all have animal companions. So big ups to Brazil. I like that. Um, I like, t- uh, what's his name? Tigre. Tigor. He comes with a brown feline companion. I'm not sure what the hell it's supposed to be. It's a, it's a tan tiger, but it's not a tiger. I I should you not. Anyway, carry on, dude. It's legit, whatever it is. I like the name Coral on the UK uh, Action Force. Because I think that might be the only Joe with a Q name. Uh, can you guys correct me on that one or no? Uh, not off the top of my head, man. But uh, she's a good, good figure and good inclusion with the, with the, the Action Force um, Ram. For real. Um, there, are, I'm, I'm gonna forget a bunch because this list is quite extensive. And g- God bless Yo Joe, by the way. I, I do. I'll settle on two characters that are quite similar. Uh, Rob mentioned them both. Uh, that, that probably tells you that our minds work in similar circles, uh, which, which should frighten everybody listening. Um, <laughs> Indeed. I'll, I'll start with Cobra Mortal, uh, just for all the reasons uh, Rob mentioned. Just a complete outlandish appearance and, and the context the card gives. But I will settle on Cobra de Eso. Is that, is that how we're saying that? I put it Listen, into, into you trans- probably had Google Spanish Translate. in school. And, and you probably had Spanish in school. We didn't. But, oh, wait. <laughs> Cobra de Eso. No, that's Portuguese. Sorry. The Arsenal, I think at least that's what Google sent. Yeah. His scope doesn't blow my mind. It, it's kind of just a muddled composition. But I do like the silver face because you know that's going to make Destro jealous. Um, <laughs> and the card art has a weird anomaly, which kind of made me think of something. Um, it, it appears on his left hand. He has six fingers. And uh, that made me kind of think of uh, the Nephilim from the Old Testament, uh, the Battle of Gath. I know you guys remember that one. Um, that's for you, Cabal, by the way. Yeah, I had money on that game. Uh, I lost. <laughs> nice. We all did. Um, but uh, the Children of Giants have six fingers. So maybe some insider on ASO because his card does say the Joe that can beat him hasn't been born. And that's, that's quite a ponderous statement. So I'll, I'll leave it with that. Oh, it also says he doesn't mind standing in crossfire. So that that just paints a, a, a crazy kind of guy. Jeez. Six fingers, man. Don't forget it. Oh, and here's a little Simpsons subtext. If, if you ever see God on The Simpsons, he has five fingers where everybody else has four. So uh, keep a lookout. Interesting. Uh, I, I Just throwing that out there, but having six fingers in Japan is considered a very bad omen. No kidding. Yeah, seriously, like Mar- Marilyn Manson had a, an album cover for Mechanical Animals, and if you look carefully, aside from him having a very androgynous appearance on the cover, he actually has six fingers on each hand, and that's of, that, uh, as far as I, I knew back then, and still to this day know, is that it also related to the whole Nephilim thing, but that album was banned in Japan purely because the cover had six fingers, and that was like, and, and it wasn't like so much banned, it's that music stores in Japan 
refused to keep stock of it because it was bad luck to have something with six fingers. Sure. Let me let me add a little occult spice to that. Marilyn Manson, that's 33, two M's. Check yourself. Oh, All right, okay. Damn, son. Ooh, get your foil hats on. Sorry. <laughs> that's all I got, Jen. <laughs> okay. Steven. Steven. Get us up. Well, can you top it? <laughs> with. <laughs> Dude, can I top it? Here we go. Just breezing through the list of names of characters that come out of uh, foreign nations, there's one name that gets perhaps a little bit more unwarranted attention than it deserves. But forgive me, because the name is a real eye-catcher. There is a figure in Argentina that got the name Satan. <laughs> like S-A-T-A-N. And that really just piques your interest to Nicely done. pull back the focus a little bit more. When you hit the link and take a look, it, you can't help but feel a little underwhelmed by the fact that he's just a red Cobra Ninja in the vein of a recolored Storm Shadow version 1. But the name itself perhaps doesn't have such significance in... In Spanish, as it does in English, but Satan—that's the guy. That's the devil, <laughs> right? It's on the nose. Yeah, big time. Please. So imagine having to live up to that code name. <laughs> like, Ooh. I can only imagine if I had encountered this figure as a child, uh, he would have been like a pretty evil dude. The card art is also kind of interesting too. It's it's same kind of confusing body language as Storm Shadow has on his card. Where it's kind of coming at you, but it's still pulling back. Um, but no, you guys are always putting out feelers for uh, Tiger Force Outback. If anybody has this figure, uh, let us know. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to actually see pictures of this in hand and and whatever, because certainly a better Red Ninja than than Hasbro offered some years later, where they gave us dice in like purple and orange or something ridiculous and called it a red ninja oh dear have have fun reenacting the silent issue with that piece of fuckery yeah exactly um steve seeing as you stumbled onto satan or satan no, you can call him satan <laughs> <laughs> you, you know that in the card arts the flames are real <laughs> The file card translates, and this is... I really would love to hear you read this, because I'm sure you could give, do this justice. Have you have you got it in front of you? No. Why would I do justice? Why don't you do it? Do it, buddy. He apparently... Satan is an expert in archery. This Cobra enemy is used by his commanders for those operations where precision and supernatural cold blood are needed. The arrow in his hands transforms into a laser ray... Very few saw him, and even less were lucky enough to be able to describe him. This guy's a badass motherfucker, yo. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> you were about to underwhelm me with that file card, but then <laughs> the arrow became a laser ray. I, I gotta say, the file card doesn't say anything about the character lying. So I gotta say, that file card's incomplete. <laughs> Unless it's all a lie. Do you think he's good with music? He, he could probably do the, the flute. 
Okay, so that, that's, that's enough uh, tomfoolery. Satan is not my favorite international release, uh, because my international release is going to be a huge cheat. And I'm just going to say Action Force. Action Force was very close to my heart, because I was initially introduced to G.I. Joe as Action Force, the international heroes. So to find out later that this line is called G.I. Joe, and they're not a bunch of internationals, they're actually all from the United States, kind of limited my scope with these figures, because I'd always had certain nationalities attached to certain characters. For instance, Lady J, she's from Ireland. I mean, a lot of the Action Force characters were from Britain and from the United States, but in Lady J's case, she was from the Republic of Ireland. In the case of Torpedo... He's from the, the Netherlands, if you can believe that. He's a diver from the Netherlands. He's not an island boy at all. And my favorite, and very topical, of course, Ricondo, is from the Australian Special Air Services, or SAS. And one look at the figure, and you're like, yes, that makes sense. His hat is very, very very characteristic of Australian uh, troops circa World War II. They seem to gather their hats on one side. I'm sure there is a technical term for that hat, but <laughs> I have it not about me. Anyway, so Ricondo's entire look screams Aussie. And to play with that action figure without an Australian accent, in my mind, is a crime. He should always be... Australian. I thank you. And this is me playing with it, in which case an Australian accent out of my mouth is a crime. Carry on. <laughs> Butchering it, Paul. <laughs> so yes, um, and Ricondo was presented to me first in the Battle Action Action Force comic books, where he was actually the lead in this particular storyline. Uh, he was being sent to Action Force's training camp in, get this, the Florida Everglades, which is stomping ground of the Dreadnoughts, is it not? But anyways, in this re retelling of the, the mythology, G.I. Joe had a cool, like, swamp training base there. He was there with a bunch of other new recruits, which included Flash and Ripcord, who were both Brits. But uh, Ricondo was the token Aussie, and he was a real troublemaker, but he eventually saves the day by blowing the whistle on a, a Cobra surprise attack, which, incidentally, was being spearheaded by Zartan. Uh, so he was in his natural environment, creeping around the swamps and being a menace. Anyway, so Ricondo, Ozzy, makes sense. He's got the moustache. I mean, if you can imagine Steve Irwin, Crocodile Hunter, that's, you know, or Crocodile Dundee, with a moustache. Perfect. Perfect. And that is my pick. Somewhat of a cheat, I know. But for international G.I. Joes, make mine Ricondo. I like it. Every <clears throat> day, baby. The Action Force stuff is very cool. I, I really like... It's not the Baron, but he's he's like a, one of the bad guys. Baron Ironblood. Yeah, but no, but it's not it's not oh. that one. It's it, He's kind of got Cobra Commander's body, but he's got oh, a different head. Red hair. Laser. It could be Red Laser. He's 
very uh, i really dig that toy i i think it's such a cool design it's very evocative of sort of the mm-hmm. crimson gods and it really irritates me because not too long ago i walked into a store uh, where a friend of mine works or worked one of his work colleagues saw me wearing my cobra t-shirt it's a black shirt with the cobra sigil and he's like blood for the baron and i looked at him and i was like oh you're an action force fan and he's like yes and he's like he loves action force and he's like you know, he had all of the toys, and I'm like, what do you mean had? You know, do you still have any? And he's like, no. Like, I three weeks ago, I gave them all to my nephew. So I was like, wow. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah, anyway, just just fun fact there. I could have somehow managed to get these all for Steve at one point. Because, yeah, I know that he digs. Action Force. Moving right along, that was extremely exciting to listen to. Kucho, you said you wanted to pick up something. Oh yeah, I forgot in my uh, my haste uh, that the Cobra Aso figure also has some sculpted detail. There's a name on his back, a jersey name from Brazil, I believe, a soccer player that was revered. Which that's also kind of freaking dope because that's on the back of the figure. I thought that was noteworthy. That's very cool, actually. No ways. Uh, what what is the name? Pele. You know what? I forget because I'm not looking at it at the moment, but I can dial it up. Like Pele Says is like the wor- God. The word Estrella is inscribed oh. in raised letters on the figure's back. And so I, I just Googled Estrella and it turns out it's a soccer player. Yeah. Cool. Oh, because Estrella is also the company that makes them, that produced them. Oh, it well then the- uh, oh. allow me to eat, eat my hat now. No, no, no. <laughs> it's good. No, no, no. It's good to like check out stuff like that. I, I always say that, you know, that maybe you're right. Maybe Maybe there is some kind of connection there for all we know maybe the company is called Estrella for some reason i don't know unfortunately Dude, maybe it's very meta i mean it's like uh duke wearing hasbro on his back it's like i know what we are we're just children's playthings for six fingers brother forced to fight and die over and over and over again <laughs> Get me off this crazy train! Indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Thank Thank you. Master themselves. of Dramatic Arts. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Jubber, here till Thursday. More like I'll be getting back on Thursday. Yeah, I've watched the day wake up, guys. It's now, it's now sort of the gloaming. Like I, I, I started in pitch dark. And now it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Stephen seeing the future, the first light of the earth. Yep, Brent, Matt, your country is beautiful. I can't speak about um, your specific cities, but Townsville, Australia is lush, wet, tropical, teeming with life. I mean, on my first day here, I was hanging out with with wallabies. Like, they're everywhere. (laughs) They're pests, in fact. The rugby players or <laughs> the marsupials. <laughs> yes, I know. I was just being, you know. But like, you look into the sky and cockatoos are flying past. Like, I've only ever seen a cockatoo in a pet shop, but they're everywhere. <laughs> when I was looking at places to retire, Queensland made the most sense of any place on this uh, this whole world, to be honest. Because of the 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 income that you, you don't like, you, you it's it's pretty cheap. 
It's also a two hour flight to anything tropical. So like it's uh I'm looking I'm looking at it pretty hard down the stretch. Yeah. Apparently man. when you when you visit Australia like on holiday you like it's as Stephen is describing now. It's beautiful and lush, and you see animals and stuff. But as soon as you er- immigrate, it's like they know. And the fucking pterodactyls, and the flying spiders, and the deadly snakes, and the mites, and all that shit start coming after you. I don't know. It must be your foreign blood. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. Okay. You know, everybody makes a joke about how Australia is dangerous and has so many dangerous animals. Blah blah blah. A lot of South Africans immigrate to Australia. Uh, you know, ev- I think. I think Rob, Steve, I, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys have friends or family or know somebody that lives in Australia. Obviously, Stephen does because you know <laughs> he's there now. But uh, I mean, we himself. all have friends. Of, <laughs> we all have friends or family that actually stay there. And yeah, I mean, this one chick that I knew. I mean, she stayed in Canada for a long time and she stays there now. And she's always like posting stuff of like, oh my god. I mean. Like, please don't get me wrong. I hate the fact that she kills all this shit. But she's like, check the size of the spider. And then she's got, like, a can of, like, Target next to it or something. You know, and she's like, Auschwitz, the fucking spider. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, like I say, it's teeming with life. Absolutely. Are there are there hot springs around there? They don't have to be. The ocean is hot enough. It was, like, 29 degrees centigrade the other day. Um, hot oh, springs, shit. I haven't, I haven't um, looked that up. But I'm pretty sure there are plenty. There's a town called Alice Springs. I mean, it's in the middle of the desert. Consider that a, a, a spy trip, brother, because you're going to have to report on how living is. Yep. I'll give you the full rundown, my brother. Did you go diving by any chance? I uh, opted not to. Uh, anyways, guys, we're, we're drifting. We're drifting. Sorry, man. Like, Sorry, Kim, I'm just excited. Kim, Kim's not a diver and like what? I'm just going to like go on a little trip on my own. Forget about it. I'm here to spend time. Yeah, true. No, totally, totally. That money's better spent. Except on for now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take us so to now, 1983. Yes, 1983. Three, three, three. We're gonna talk. Wow, 1983 is well, 1983, right? It's it's the year when we started getting swivel arm battle grip. So we started moving away from straight arms. Uh, Joe's. And um, I think it would be cool to talk about, well, it would be great to talk about the um, some of your favorite figures. What do you think are the best and the worst releases from that year? Oh, where do you begin, man? Everything is gold. 83? Are you kidding? This, I think this was one of my all-time favorite, like, years. I th- Okay, let, let, let's make it easier this way. Um Let's say I'm not disputing uh, that that's how we should approach this. <laughs> no, no, no. But I've got a I've got a good way to approach this. Uh, okay, let's say that. No, you're good, Paul. You're good. You're good. Let's say we only have a 19 a room full of 1983 collections, and for some reason that room is spontaneously on fire, and you can uh, the burning building argument. Nice. You got your girlfriend slung over your shoulder, so you can only really take maybe one or two things out of there out of that, you know, bunch. You know, what What would you maybe grab? I mean, you know, hypothetically speaking. It's the Sky Striker with Destro in the cockpit. And who's in the back seat? Jeez, uh, I suppose I've got to go with a Joe. And if I'm going with a Joe... Uh, gosh. You know what? It's a, it's a throwback, <laughs> but Swivel Arm 
Flash would be the Joe that I saved from the Flames. Oh, yeah? Uh, I know that's, that's once again perhaps a cheat answer because, hello, he's from 82, but Swivel Arm is when G.I. Joe really hit its stride, and you need that bicep swivel. For two-handed grips, it's essential. Hence, I don't own any straight-arm figures. Uh, so, Flash, of the OG13-looking guys, is the most enduring, apart from Stalker, because it's Stalker, and... Scarlet because she's the female, but of the OG green shirt dudes, Flash is the one you want to own. His equipment sets him apart and make him his own thing. It's also a very, very unique specialty. I mean, not only is he the laser trooper, but he's the chemical, biological, radiological trooper. So G.I. Joe needed that that hole filled. Uh, It would get a hole filler in the form of airtight, but airtight comes with a sniffer. Flash comes with a laser. Which figure would you rather save from the flames? Come on. Also, I've always, I've always thought Airtight looks a little bit doofy. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the, the figure the figure does. The, the action figure was presented nicely in comics and cartoons, but the plastic itself never really inspired me much. The card art did, but you, know, you can only lean on the card art so much. So yeah, yeah. I'm saving the Sky Striker. With Destro and Flash. Bam. Okay, so the rest will burn. It's weird. I don't have the same kind of love for 83 as Steve does, but there is a part of me that, like, feels that they are all good. So it is, you know, a really difficult one for me. But, and I mean, I and, you know, this this comes with a bit of deliberation. I mean, I've been thinking about this now for the last three days. Um, no, <laughs> the G.I. Joe headquarters. I know, right? But... Steve brought the G.I. Joe headquarters over to my site not too long ago, and that thing is a way bigger than I thought it was, for starters. Um, it is a difficult thing to carry out, yeah, granted, but I really love the playset. I always feel like if I have a playset and I have, like, two figures with me, I can actually have quite a lot of fun. I can almost have more fun with that than a vehicle in some regards. So it would be the G.I. Joe headquarters. And um, as far as figures go... And I know you guys are probably going to think, oh, Snow goes. But surprisingly, you know, he's 82. I really love Snow Job from 83. I think he's such a cool toy and Destro. It's like it's like I would grab Destro and Snow Job and throw them into that um, HQ and just haul that HQ's ass out of there, like, quickly. But that's not to say the rest of the figures are bad or anything. It's just that I'm also trying to, you know, be very selective. Because if I wasn't, if I was being a little bit... Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll grab Cobra Commander, Destro, and Snowjob and throw them in the HQ and get the hell out of there with uh, my significant other, you know, slumped over my shoulder. There we go. Yeah. Paul's got a big reach. <laughs> Next. Okay, so there's a burning building. Um, I have to grab my collection um, of 83 figures um, and maybe a vehicle or two. Generally, at least I think when it comes to my figures, I try and keep them very neat and together in one place. So what I think I'll be walking out of that fire with is the Sky Striker and an APC filled with all the figures. Ah! Yeah, but so which figures would you make 100% sure were there? Like, you know... 
Like maybe you took two aside I'll, I'll to go sit on your nightstand or something. No, yeah? no, no, no. I, I, I'm not that sort of person who, who sits them up next to my nightstand. Um, they would be in the APC. And also, if I missed one or two, that's okay because I have, I still have like twelve other figures to play with. And the APC has a neat little carry handle, so it makes uh, grabbing it and running out very convenient. Yeah, I could get out with the APC, the Sky Striker under my arm, and probably one other vehicle, the Hiss Tank. The Hiss Tank? More than the yeah. Dragonfly? Are you going to put it between your knees? <laughs> Kujo. Uh, yes, sir. Do it, buddy. Uh. What? From 83 is most deserving to be saved from the flames. Good God. The burning building. Well, I would first take a look at Snow Job, and I would almost reach for him, but know that he's going to yellow over time, which will make him less cool. But the skis are tempting. <laughs> Jeez, that's some serious hindsight. <laughs> Not you. Not you, Banana Man. Don't try and dissect that sentence. I would grab Torpedo because. I still love him from childhood. I remember that afternoon when I picked him up. Uh, that's for me. Um, and you can repaint him uh, to be superhero. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so bizarre. Life. I love it. Lovely. No, I, I, I still love Torpedo because of his inversion on the, the card art, and, and that's rare. Uh, what else am I grabbing? Probably Cobra Officer uh, for the same reason, nostalgia. And I guess I'm taking the Fang because... Because we, we chatted up to Fang, me and Rob. Uh, check the Fang tapes. Fang's cool. Yep. Fang's cool. So that, that's that's probably what I'm 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 fleeing the house with. Nice one, brother. When I was younger, the Cobra Fang, and I didn't know this at the time, but the Cobra Fang was the oldest GI Joe toy I I was playing with when I was a kid. There was nothing in David's collection that was older than the Cobra Fang. So I didn't realize I was playing with a with a GI Joe, you know, granddad, so to speak. As dirty as that sounded. Sorry. It's a goodie. And if you guys have to be objective, okay, let's start with what do you feel? I mean, okay, these figures are all gold, but what do you feel is the weakest release in this line? You know, and and it can be figures and a vehicle, or I mean, obviously, don't go and like quote every single thing, but I mean, the things that you feel are the the biggest offenders, objectively, hmm. as much as you can. Objectively, the foam gliders. Hmm. I will never have any desire to own a Falcon or Viper. Hmm. They look cheap. They're brittle as shits. They are for completionists sakes only they do not make good toys mm. because they are practical toys they are designed to be flung out of windows uh which is is all, all of a sudden very impractical considering their age and their their value uh, to have yeah. you know one that's in good condition so yeah they they they're useless to me in my eyes and yeah they don't they don't look like gi joe toys because they are so sold on a gimmick and they come from the early parts of the line they don't mesh well with the rest of what G.I. Joe had on offer there because G.I. Joe wasn't sold on gimmicks just yet. But um, controversially, I always thought Snowjob was a little bit weak and standalone. You know, you can't see his face. And that already, like, that pisses me off. You know, G.I. Joe all came with removable helmets 
for the most part, uh, yeah. the, the year before, and the helmets had you know interesting equipment attached to them, to all of a sudden have a Joe that you can never see the eyes of, it really pigeonholed Snowjob as a figure that had one use and one use only. You could never integrate him with the rest of the team. And <laughs> mm. Adult Swim lampooned that magnificently, or Robot Chicken, sorry, lampooned that magnificently yeah. where you know Snowjob was always like left at the base doing the base duties. Because he could never go on the jungle mission or the desert mission. He was always just like, oh, I'm the Arctic Trooper. I stay at home. Which is a pity because <laughs> Snowjob, in truth, is a competent soldier who has uses. Particularly as a sniper and uh, a mountain climber. But the figure never really shone in that regard. And since we had no snow in Africa, he was doubly useless. I'm sure snowbound kids had plenty of fun with this figure. Us, not so much. You're saying you didn't have a white sheet sitting around? <sighs> you called my bluff, damn it. Okay, well then, um, <laughs> I never had fun with Snowjob because I wasn't born by 1983, so that, that kind of removed him from, from consideration. But okay, Kujo, if you must know, I had plenty of fun on a white sheet with Blizzard, with Windchill, with uh, Arctic Tundra Trooper Stalker. That's Stalker version 2. So yes, yeah, yeah. You've called my bluff. Congratulations. Yeah. Kujo? What's your weakest? It's tough. It's tough because every, every one of these characters finds me in some sort of way. Um, mm. I guess I'm not a huge fan of that one G.I. Joe gun turret. Um, it will win. Yeah, I'm not loving it. But but that's uh, that's really the only thing I can find because... I look at every one of these characters, and, and, and if I didn't love them as a kid, we've touched them in conversation, so so I like them now. Um, mm-hmm. And Doc has grown on me over the years. I just love the color aesthetic uh, throughout. Yeah, he's 10. No. And he's had, he's, had a, he's had an interesting evolution throughout the comic line, so I've enjoyed seeing his arc. So I love them all. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's, that Squirrel Gun. That's not, I'm not going to win Gun. Yeah. Twin Brother? Gatling guns. Oh, buddy, I don't mm. know what you're talking about. I think there's a dearth of Gatling guns in G.I. Joe. You need... Well, hold on just a second. Let me make sure I'm referencing the right one. Um. I'm talking about the flak. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see. I see you, man. It, it has function. I don't know. I'm. I, this one's tough, but it's that's not, what I'm going to go with. It's not towable. It's a fixed gun. I think that's its biggest issue. Like, in a world of towable weapon systems, which were all interactive with the Mobat or the Vamp or even the Hiss, if you so desired, the Flak was... was a, <laughs> yeah, really? Um, the, the Flak was a standalone. I mean, you could set it up outside your HQ, and that's pretty much where it would remain, unfortunately. They even tried to like integrate it in the, in the animated series, like uh, in... In the Adventures of GI Joe, the first one, the Mass Device, they're like hauling it, hauling it up a mountainside. They even managed to set it up and get a, a shot off before it's completely totaled. But yeah, no. boring. <laughs> boring. <laughs> Robert, Robert, what say you? <laughs> well, I'd probably go with the with, with the pack rats because. They're not really terribly interactive with the rest of the figures because I mean you know they're automated, so essentially you know they they're playing on their own somewhere these little sentient robots kind of 
fighting on behalf of G.I. Joe. It's funny, um, buddy, because I would say a lot of G.I. Joe vehicles that shoehorned a seat onto them should be drones. So at least the pack rats had the balls to do that. Because let's face it, like toy designers will always go, yeah, but it's a drone. And then management will say, yeah, but we want to put a figure in it. Hence the bomb disposal vehicle. You've got a guy <laughs> sitting, manning this thing. Whereas, you know, bomb disposal vehicles are are unmanned for a very good reason. Because the bombs yeah, could blow up. <laughs> like, <laughs> send the robot. So, yeah, the pack rats, I think, were quite bold. If you look at 83 and overall, it's, it incorporates new and old. You know, I mean, it incorporates the old of these these toys with play features, the, you know, the uh, the Falcon and the um, whatever the Cobra variant is, the Viper. But then, of course, it's, it's forging new ground. It's, you know, it's incorporating better articulation with the, the swivel arm battle grip, um, as well as the pack rats, which are completely figureless vehicles. I really think... 1983 was the time when, you know, like G.I. Joe was introduced, 82, but then they perfected what they were doing, at least for the next 10 years or whatever, in 83. So the pack rats, for me, they're not super weak, but, yeah, I, I want my figures, you know, to sit in something, <laughs> even if it's a bomb disposal unit. <laughs> or an RPV, remote piloted vehicle, which strangely seats a pilot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> People who can't drive, they get to sit there and they operate the vehicle while someone else drives them around from a distance. Well, the actual (laughs) RPV, the drone, gets launched in their face. I mean, like, zero regard (laughs) for minimum range. I may be corrected here, but it's uh, hardball that's in the card art for that, isn't it? Or on the box art? Correct. What are you trying to say? Yeah. Tread lightly. Saying that's probably why a character like Hardball is there, and I mean that in the sense that Hardball wasn't exactly a popular character. I think they were trying to make him cool, and then somehow just the threads of fate just put him in that situation. So damn, damn, he's a goner. Yeah, because he's actually a cool toy, in, in my opinion. Anyway, so. No, that rotary grenade launcher is a cool toy. The guy holding yeah. it. Mm, yeah, he's all right. No, him and him and Gridiron are like sports force. Um, <laughs> Very cool, Rob. Any any others? Anything else that jumps at you as a <laughs> other than the pack rats? I mean, I've essentially named three things here. Yeah. Do you, do you think three things? You're Otherwise, done. yeah, I, I would agree with Stephen. <laughs> I already agree with Stephen. The the viper and the the falcon. Stephen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna echo both you and Stephen on this. That spongy material they use for those gliders really irritates the shit out of me when it comes to toys. I, I'm sure you guys remember, and maybe our listeners had something similar. They used to do World War II planes. I think oh, yes. they were 50 cents. And they were great because they had it was basically a two-piece or three-piece construction. You basically popped the parts out and you slid some wings through the through the hole or fuselage. And you popped um, the tail fins in, whatever. Sorry, Steve. And then you gave it a plastic weight and you just used to throw that around. And the thing is to me, that was always like, you know, they, they provided quite a bit of fun and they were cute and everything, but like GI Joe's are real toys, you know, like if I can put it that way, like, like obviously, I mean, we never encountered the Falcon glider or Cobra Viper glider on GI Joe toy shelves uh, ourselves. I mean, we were just making a noise and shitting everywhere. And in, in like 83 and 84 anyway, to me, I look at that and I just go, 
okay, so I'll see it in the shop for 40 rand. I strap a G.I. Joe to it. I throw it across and it ends up in my neighbor's yard. And then I've lost a G.I. Joe and a glider, which just irritates me. That that kind of concept kills me. The other toy that I have to take a little bit of, that I just take a bit of issue with, is Covergirl. And, and hear me out. You know, if you look at Scarlet, you can see that there's a lot of stuff going on with Scarlet in that, you know, with the physique that they've tried to give the toy. They try to do something interesting with the card art on her and with her face sculpt. I've always had this issue with the Joe female characters this early on the line and with the vintage toys. They've never really managed to get across this sort of attractive aesthetic to them. It's sad. But I take offense with Covergirl in particular because I really like the characterization behind her. I feel the toy's design lets her down. I don't take that much offense to the pack rats, personally. But I feel that the pack rats came out too soon. If that makes sense. Like, I feel that they kind of are like the redhead stepchildren of 83's toy line. Just in that, like, every time I've seen pictures of the pack rats, I always feel that they're like an 85, 86 kind of release. I, I don't know what it is about them. They just seem very futuristic. And, and we do see them in the G.I. Joe, the movie, the animated series movie. And, you know, it's for a brief second, but they seem to sort of, integrate well with the technology that's being showcased there which is leaps and bounds ahead of what was being used by gi joe in 83 so that's my take on that they also get used in uh what was it the revenge of cobra the weather dominator yeah man they kind of uh, spearhead the assault against the snakes that are advancing into that temple to get that piece of the weather dominator. Oh, right. and then they kind of congratulate each other by doing a bunch of r2d2 chirps and whistles while they fondle each other's barrels. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. But I think they're mm. kind of cool, personally. Um, 83 is a year where I feel like I could pretty much get every vehicle, with the exceptions being the Cobra Viper Glider and the Falcon Glider. And then, just out of interest, I mean, anybody else here like have a figure that you think is just leaps and bounds above the rest of them in terms of quality? Or Destro holds up today, still. The details mm. are on point. The contours of his sort of uniform... The boot detail, the glove detail, the face. I've often said it, just like the emptiness of his face, sort of the mouth slit. It's a very believable mask or even helmet. It's Mm. not meant to be movable metal. You got him going. He's talking about Destro But I don't blame Steve for gushing over Destro. Destro is a supremely awesome figure. I, I couldn't agree more. It stands up today. It's like something I've noticed when you've brought uh, 83 Joes over to the house, um, like the other day when you brought the HQ through and you had a few figures from 83 in there mixed in with like 84 and some 85 and pretty much every figure in the line has this like super smooth kind of look to them. It's it's very plastic. It's very, it's very action figure, but Destro stands out in that he's got that little bit of detail. He's got that edge. And another figure that I feel you know, sits next to Destro, almost as cool as Destro in terms of quality, has got to be Airborne. I really love Airborne's detail. And he sort of pops out. And to me, Airborne is like, hey, this is what G.I. Joes are going to look like soon. You know, 84 is going to be amazing because look at how cool Airborne is. That makes sense. And then third place for me would have to be Cobra Commander in that respect as well, because Cobra Commander, although he's technically an 82, he's a mail-away figure. That's why I don't want to get into him too much. But he also stood out a little bit as having that little bit of extra detail that's something special to him. 
But yeah, as far as 83 goes, yeah, man. Destro mm. and Airborne for Paul. Boom. But those figures wouldn't have been saved from the Flames. Well, Destro, in your opinion. But uh, Airborne, he would have become a, a gloppy tan and powder blue puddle. <laughs> you see, that's the thing with me, because it's kind of weird in that regard, because I don't know what it is about Snow Job and what the appeal is. There's just something about that character I've always just enjoyed. I've always found, like, a sort of a relatability to him. Not that he's a con artist, but I kind of I kind of appreciate that because, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, I didn't do m- much in the way of chores. I didn't mow the lawn. I didn't have to do dishes or anything like that. Yeah, and I suppose in some ways it's a bad thing, and I, and I do think it's a bad thing. But, I mean, we had Eunice at the time, and she used to do all of that stuff. So it was never really expected for me to do it, and I also didn't have siblings. So no way to, like, balance that out. I find that houses that have siblings... The siblings tend to do chores more than than only children, but that's my that's my view. That's what I've seen. I'm not saying it's it's fact. So anytime I wanted a toy, it was always a negotiation. <laughs> you know, it was always like I had to basically sell my case or put my case through to my parents. And I think I kind of relate to Snowjob in that regard. In that you know he can sell ice to an Eskimo kind of thing, or he can sell fridges to Eskimos. I've always related to that because every time as a kid when I wanted something. I negotiated for it. And so I suppose that translated well into me being able to sell myself now as an adult, as a as a professional in terms of being an illustrator. And I had a lot of practice with that behind the counter. So I kind of dig Snow Job for that. I find him kind of relatable in that regard. Plus, I love the fact that he's a survivalist. And as a South African, I was really obsessed with snow. I was one of those kids who was like, I wish it would snow because I love overcast weather. So I was always like, oh, I wish it would snow, I wish it would snow, I wish it would, would snow. So Stalker version 2 was one of those gateway drugs into, oh, cool, you know, here's an Arctic character. I can imagine snow missions. Get out the white sheets. <laughs> Get out the woof. It's not, it's not Yentl. It's snow job. <laughs> uh, congratulations to all of the two listeners who got that gag. Pat yourselves on the back. I do have something to say about your assessment of CoverGirl. I think that's that's a fair judgment about the figure. It occurs to me that CoverGirl's been pretty much disrespected by the franchise for the most part. I mean, even yeah. those unspeakable films, didn't she get a knife in the back from Zartan? Um, yeah. Man. So I'm curious if any of our friends she out there... She didn't even get to drive a tank, man. No. What the fuck? No, <laughs> no I, I just want to mention, if any of our friends out there, what's your favorite CoverGirl story in the G.I. Joe verse? Because I know they have a pretty good one in... in uh, G.I. Joe Cobra, the IDW series. But, uh, say. Get at me, yeah. Who does Rob think is the best toy from 83? Or who does he think objectively are the best toys? <laughs> objectively. Yeah, curious question, since he was able to save all of the figures. <laughs> yes, yeah, he was like, I'm taking them all. God sort me out later. <laughs> um, I would probably agree that Destro is probably, I mean, the best example of a figure from this range, especially one that has such lasting impact upon not just the line that he came in, but, I mean, to the general story of G.I. Joe. Um, because on the first line, you, you get, you know, almost exclusively G.I. Joes and a couple of Cobra. Um, and then the second line now, you kind of get Cobra Commander promptly instead of a, a Malin figure, as well as, you know, the, the Viper pilot, a Cobra Hiss driver. So now you have G.I. Joe and you have Cobra, but then they also introduce Destro, who ostensibly he works for Cobra, but he's also in charge of his own company, Mars, which I thought was always interesting. They're already building on their own stories. 
or at least the way that they see this. It's not just the toys, but obviously in the comics as well. They're constantly building this world, which I think just gives Destro another layer. He's not just another bad guy. He's a partner to Cobra, this terrorist organization. But yeah, I think definitely Destro is the standout figure of the whole line. But what's also cool about the line in general is that it's not just soldiers get airborne who is kind of the door guy. Or at least, I don't know, maybe that's the way me and Steven <laughs> characterized him. Um, but, okay, there's airborne. You get Doc, who's a, a doctor. And Tripwire, who's, um, who, who's, who's not there to lay bombs. He's there to defuse them, which I think is really cool. Um, it's not just a bunch of soldiers. They're actually filling in these these roles in this military organization, which I think is, is really quite awesome. You're not just getting a bunch of guys shooting at, at the enemy. You're getting people support characters, Yeah, which, as I said, is pretty awesome. <laughs> but anyway, objectively, Destro is the best. <laughs> War machine. Money. Power. I also think that the his tank and all that stuff, in my mind, is, is, it's always been designed by Destro. I mean, that's that stuff that he sold to Cobra. You, you know, even though they're not technically Iron Grenadiers or technically not Mars, they are technically Destro-made things. I love that that's an aesthetic. You know, he he, he, he as a character, as a character design, kind of holds the same aesthetic as a his tank. I mean, you look at him, a his tank is basically black with a little smidgen of red in terms of the insignia. And Destro is the same. He's black, red and silver with a bit of you know bare chestedness which is kind of like a his tank you know the his tank has got its canopy which is all open and bare chested the whole vehicle is black it's dangerous i dig it I'm, i might be reading into it too much or overcooking it now but yeah just little things i think we should all stick a fork in because we're done boys boom i would like to hear from our listeners who their favorites and least favorite 83 figures were i'd love to hear your thoughts on our Twitter and it'll be great to hear your thoughts on our Facebook group. Uh, please provide pictures if you've got them. It's always cooler when you have your um, Joes that you've saved from the fire, so to speak. And I hope I'm not uh, touching a sore point there. Uh, Shout out but- to Sean Alt. Thanks for the childhood pics, buddy. You're up there in the Hall of Fame with Dave Cabal for sharing um, <laughs> very intriguing back in the day shots of yourself playing with G.I. Joes. So cheers, brother. Nice one. Yeah, I think Great I'm going to have to jump in. <laughs> I've got one of me with a bug I'm going to throw up on there as well. I have to. You know, Steve, if you got him. I even <laughs> got him. shots uh, with my sister. Ooh. Oh, cool, man. <laughs> Enjoy. And then, uh, <laughs> and I'd love to see um, for the guys, for our listeners, like, you know, in the European territories, Brazil, Argentina. I know that some of you are on our Facebook group. Uh, if you guys have got pictures, or if you guys have any of the uh, internationals that we've spoken about on today's episode, or if you have others that we haven't, I'd love to see pics of those, pics of you guys playing with them or posing them, whatever. That would be cool to see on Facebook or even on Twitter. Yeah. I would like to send out a mystery shout out to two very, very cool, kind gentlemen out there in, in the in the listener dim of G.I. Joburg. I owe you guys big time and more will be revealed on that soon. But yeah, man, you guys rocked my world today and thank you very much. I'll throw your names out there if you want me to, but I figured let's keep it chilled. Red letter. You guys know who you are. Um, I'll talk Twitter for a second. Uh, you know Joburg Twitter. I'm dishing out animal companions. If, if you get in those circles, uh, I'm going to send a, an animal companion to, I'm just going to call him Merck, uh, some dude in Norway. Uh, he's legit. 
Uh, he rolls with real G.I. Joes, as he states it. But he uh, he kicked us some picks from them doing maneuvers. Uh, NATO was doing some activities. Of course, he didn't do that in real time, which was very wise. So I'm going to give him a long-eared owl. Uh, they're from Norway. So enjoy that animal companion, uh, Merc. And uh, take care, brother. It's, uh, it's good being in the trenches with you. You say fading into the dark, Paul. Well, some of us are white-outing into the blinding sunlight. Ooh. <laughs> this is Steve, and I'm wishing you a very good morning. This is Cujo. It's late afternoon on the West Coast. Uh, cheers, everybody. Robert saying goodbye from Cape Town. Good night. This has been G.I. Joburg, episode 83. And this is Paul saying, have a good one. Be cool and play with your toys. basically the the office lady um <laughs> or the office person i suppose um where i had to kind of like answer phones and do admin and stuff and in between doing that at this office all alone in between that and masturbating obviously <laughs> no, um <laughs> that's why we carry an explicit internet. warning on every episode <laughs> yeah if you run was... a black light through that place it's gonna look like a fucking jackson pollock painting to quote <laughs> If there was a, if there was a surface I could splooge on, I splooge on. It's been splooge on. <laughs> no, I yeah. was always on your on purpose or by accident. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think you hear the, the sound of was... footsteps. I think you hear the sound of listeners leaving this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like, oh shit, I got to get on that. <laughs> Jojo, <laughs> it's good to beat your meat on. <laughs> What are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. goodness.